Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, and the other one's just along for the ride. James, say hi. Hey. Uh, this is our first, like, Blake Street Banter in a hot minute. Yeah, like actual, going like, to talk some Major League Ball today. Major League Ball. Like, it's wild. That's where we started. I almost said, like, Kirk, say hi. But Kirk's not here. Still sleeping. We need to get a reunion with that guy. I miss that guy. I miss Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but we are still focusing a little bit on the prospects. So we'll we'll do a quick little thing and then we are just gonna go all in on the draft. Or I'm sorry, the trade deadline. Because James has his views. I have my views. He's a lot more pessimistic. I'm a lot more glass half full kind of guy. It's just how I got this far in my career as a podcaster. Um how's that working out by the way? How's those uh, paychecks? We are bringing in the coins, the pennies. Yeah, you keep saying my paycheck's in the mail, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's, I don't have your address, question mark. I don't know. And the four of us, that four people that listen to us, one being me, they enjoy it. I get positive reviews from us three, us four. So it's really good. just catharsis for ourselves. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just us getting it all out. I don't know why I just close out of the rundown. Um, but I am, before we get into this, congrats to Daniel Bard for his extension. 19 million over the next two years. We have him until 2024. And the internet, the Rockies Twitter is in an uproar. You being the negative Nancy fool that you are. How do you take this? How are you feeling about this? Honestly, I'm uh, I'm indifferent. I'm not mad about it. Um, Daniel Bard definitely... When it comes to relief arms, I really don't see them as huge being... I mean, yes, they can make or break a playoff run, but they aren't the biggest core pieces. Like, if you're building your team around one reliever, you're going to have bigger issues down the road. So... I'm okay with Daniel Bard staying. He's in his upper 30s now, so he's not staying around for much longer. However, um, you know, I'll probably rail against this in a little bit when we talk about trades. Yeah, you definitely will. Because um, I do have one question for you with that. You cannot be mad for Bard. You can't be mad at, mad at Bard signing. Like two years, 19 million. Dude got his bag. He earned it. He's a and great I story. I love having him around the clubhouse, right? Around the, the story, the the Rocky story this season. And I think that's where Rockies fans get a little upset or get caught in the moment. And I I have another theory about Rockies fans, quote unquote, but we won't get into that right now. Um, but yeah, I read the Groke article in the Athletic about the Daniel Bard extension and. It looks like Bill Schmidt and Daniel Ward have been in contact and conversations for like last month or so about extending it. And Bard is putting out big Chuck vibes. Like, I want to be here. I want to be around here. I like it here. So let's just end my career here or whatever this is in his moment. He's 37, but he's really like 30 in major league years. And it's, you love to have those kind of guys around on your team, especially when your team is the Rockies like this is me trying to positive spins on it like you want to have those stories those players that you root for because you know the front office is going to front office you know that the Rockies are still an anomaly as a professional sports team and so like why not have this guy have this story when you know 
what your squad is. That's kind of how I keep leaning into this. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of really competitive above average ball players that want to be Colorado Rockies, except for, you know, Chuck, Chris Bryant, and now Daniel Bard. The departure of Trevor Story and Arenado and Holiday and before him and Tulo before him. John Gray. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to value that loyalty. So I dig it. Right. We, you, as a Rocky fan, you know what you're getting yourself into. And that's what the internet has been riled me enough about. Like, what are we doing to getting upset about the Rockies not making moves? You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing as a fan. So, like, accept it. Be excited about Bard extending. Be excited about the impact that he's going to have on Justin Lawrence, a PJ Puyan, uh, Greg Bird, all these guys coming up. So, I don't know. I, I'm very apathetic towards the Rockies fan base right now on the internet. Like, you know what this deadline is. You know what July 31st, give or take a few days, is going to be like every single year. Stop acting like it's going to be any different. Uh, and that's my little that's my little rant, I guess. Maybe more will come out later. I think if you take in the context of the history of the Rockies front office, the frustration is warranted. Um, and if you take it in the context of just this one season, it's really not a big a big deal. It's not a big move. It's not something to be upset about. But again, I do understand it if you take it in the context of Rocky's front office history. Right. Which is, yeah, a different topic. And if you're going to continue to get mad about it, go find a new team. Like you have MLB.tv. You can, you can dive into a new team probably easier than your local sports team. You can easily become a Blue Jays fan if you're in Denver. Like, you don't like it, you can literally stop talking about it, stop worrying about it, and go follow another team that you enjoy. Like, it's not very difficult. Uh, that's always my thought. I read these comments, and again, warranted, not taking that away from you, but if you're going to make those comments, if you're going to continue to be a fan about it, understand what you're getting into, and pretty soon you're going to have to embrace it, or otherwise you're just going to hate it here. <laughs> it's not fun. It, it sounds, like you fun. Need a, sounds like you need a break from Twitter. Uh, it's I've 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 done I've done my part. I'm good. I'm trying to put out positive vibes out there, like this one. You want to hear a new positive vibe? Keith Law just updated his top sixty prospects list, and you probably already know, but guess which two are on there? Veen and Tovar. Yep. I'm surprised, kind of surprised by Romo not being on there, but I'm sure Romo's on the top 100. Just did being... he only do the top sixty? Yeah. Okay. So he updated it after all of the draft signees and all that. Veen is in at 23. He was previously ranked 23. And then Tavar's at 26. And he was previously unranked. So I believe, hashtag Tavar season. Full effect. I believe the highest Nolan ever got was like 21. So that turned out pretty good. So Veen and Tavar, I mean, they're already in good company. I'm excited for them. Like when you sign, like going back to this extension, this Bard extension, you have Chris Bryan, the Rymac, they, they're extending all these dudes, whatever. But you have Veen and Tovar, who will be, Tovar definitely will be on the Major League squad next year. But 2024, I keep saying it, it's the year. That's when Romo, Tovar, Veen, a few other guys are going to be making impacts. And so when you can extend these guys, these veteran mixed with the young crop, that's my positive spin on this. Like they know what they're doing up front. They know what they're doing up top because of 2024. 
I'm gonna make an argument against that, but you can't. Your your point you about can't. Daniel Bard is is fine. Daniel Bard isn't gonna <laughs> shipping away Daniel Bard isn't gonna get you a championship this year in 2024 or any other year. Right. Like you could make an argument that trading Bard for an upper tier prospect, an upper level prospect, triple A, double A prospects that would help you in 2024, uh, would be smart, be good, but could he make more of an impact in the bullpen being here for two years, working with those young guys, like I mentioned earlier? Again, that's my spin on this. The 2024 is the season, like our banter session that we're going to drop on Thursday with the major league guy. Um, he's just talked about presence and being in that moment and understanding who you're around and what you can get from it, that kind of stuff. I think goes a long ways. And the Rockies kind of preach that where it kind of gets daunting to keep listening to it. But maybe I just got suckered into the propaganda that is Dick Monfort, like buying into this. But well, we spent okay. Last point about Daniel Bard. We spent a lot of money to get relievers in the past. None of them panned out, right? So you got to reward the guys that are proving that they can do it in Coors Field, which Bard has, and that's my lone point of why this is fine. Right, it's fine. It's fine. I think that was one of our very first conversations on this pod two years ago. It was. Why didn't we keep out of Vino? Like, why aren't we signing guys that know how to pitch here? And they are. Bard knows how to pitch here. So let that let that be there. All right. Um, last, I guess, let's go kind of sad news, then good news, and then trade talk. Romo is, Drew Romo is possibly injured. He hasn't played much this month of July up in Spokane. Um, no real update, no real news. Uh, he's still out with the bruise right hand. Hasn't played in two weeks. Uh, he's only hit 188 with two extra baits hits, hits in the month. Uh, just something to watch out for. I mean, you hate when these guys get injured because they can't. You can't watch him. You can't play. But he's a Spokane. We can't watch anyway. But just something under the radar that I know I haven't covered. I haven't talked about. Just something to put out there. Drew Romer is hurt. Tovar is hurt. Um, yeah, put it that. Put that there. All right, last good news. Our boy Hunter Stovall on the month of July, he has taken a complete advantage of Tovar being out. Month of July, he has a 354 batting average, an OBP of 410, a slugging of 604, with seven doubles, one triple, and five RBIs. We need to talk about Hunter Stovall. He finally figured out double A. He had an atrocious beginning of the season. Wasn't anything to be excited about, and he knows it. He made some adjustments and he has taken full advantage of being the starting shortstop with Tavar being out this past month. You want to get some props to Mr. Hunty? Mr. Yeah, Scobie? he's done everything he needs to do and more. It's been exciting and he's having fun with it. If you're watching any of the highlights, he is having fun with it. I love that guy. I need, need more Hunter Stovall in our life. Maybe I reach him out to him and maybe he can just come on for the pod and just catch up. I don't know. Hunty or Stovey. Let's keep in touch. All right. Trade talk. Trade Talk is brought to you by the BSB Spreadshop store. Go buy some gear. All right. Check the link tree. Trade season. Like, I have this sentiment that I'm happy I'm not a Padres fan because they just got fleeced. They just got fleeced like a mother. Padres got Hater. I can't ever remember his first name. I think it's Josh. From the Brewers. Who's haters hater? We all know who hater is. He hasn't he's under team control like this year and next. So his contract's running out, all that stuff. So. But 
the Padres gave up four players for him. One being their major league closer right now. One being their number seven prospect in Gosser. And Asterio Ruiz, who we know, because he made his debut against the Rockies a few a month ago. Um, speedy contacts, going to be a good major leaguer at some level. And then they got Denilson Lamette, who was just a fun rec- uh, reclamation project. I am not happy if I'm a Padres fan with that call. Well, um, you know, initially it's it's not great, but this is a win now in the playoffs type of move. So if it pays off and they actually win a World Series, which I don't think this gets them over the hump personally, but if they did, um, then would you say they got fleeced? I don't think so. They have to win the World Series. Basically, if they if they fall anything short of of that, uh, yeah, they they probably are not coming out on top. Hater only has a couple more years left on his contract, so if he doesn't re-sign, it's going to look even worse at that point. So, this is a high risk, high reward type of move. Yeah, I could argue that Taylor Rogers is just as good as Josh Hader. So, whatever. That's the part that I don't understand is is if you're happy with your closer now, what's the point of shipping him out with all of that extra stuff? And I, if you've been watching Hater lately, he hasn't been great. Last two games were fine, but the three games before that gave up six runs to the giants in one game. Um, I mean, he was, he, he isn't looking sharp at the moment. No, not at all. And Rogers, is Rogers. I guess he has a 435 ERA, but his FIP is 235. So he well, haters that. haters ERA yeah, is over yeah. four now. So, so like it's it's perplexing. But the reason I bring this up, the reason that we're bringing this up is does this make you think what the Rockies could have got for Daniel Bard? Like a losing team, the Rockies, 10 games below 500, have no playoff hopes, no playoff aspirations whatsoever. Daniel Barr, Josh Hader, comparable. Same contract length. um, Same kind of Arsenal closed team closer, lots of saves. Can get outs whenever you need it. It makes you wonder what the Rockies could have got for Daniel Barr. But Daniel Barr's. Go ahead. Daniel, oh my God. Daniel Bard is not Josh Hader. Um, Number two, just because he signed a contract doesn't mean they can't trade him. That'd be really shitty to do. But in theory, they still could trade him. They're not going to. We all know. But in theory, right. But having Daniel Bard and being able to get that haul back would be great. But I don't think you get that haul from anybody but the Padres. Because the Padres just <laughs> you get a prospect, you get a prospect. It's like goddamn Oprah over there in the in the Southern Cali. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and you don't get that haul for anybody else but Josh Hader. But he's not I even mean, that good anymore. He's broken. I mean, he still leads the league. And I mean what? what he's capable of is is high end stuff, but yeah, he hasn't been sharp lately. Yeah. Twenty nine so. saves and thirty four innings. Completed 34 games. He's definitely not the Josh Hader of old, but I don't know. It's just one of those things. It makes you think what they could got could have got for Bard. Again, congrats to Bard for getting that contract. But 
let's dive into it. Our list in LS because they make moves we don't. Is Juan Soto going to the Dodgers? The Dodgers just made a trade, a weird trade, like a nobody for nobody trade, but it opened up a 40 man spot on their roster. What do you, are we looking into that at all? No, that's like some deep tinfoil hat type stuff. Okay. Um, Dodgers are definitely a player. They're a player for any big name at any time. We know that. So, you know, they don't need to do, we don't need to read below the radar. Any, if you read any rumor article, Dodgers are already mentioned. So, um, I don't think that deal has been completed yet, but I'm sure they're talking about it. Uh, I personally, I like the Cardinals, uh, to land Juan Soto and I have no scientific evidence to back that up, but I just think that's what's going to happen. You think you said the Cardinals? Yeah, I like the Cardinals. I think that organization, especially as a front office, they're going to figure out a way to outmaneuver most anybody. So I like the Cardinals. But yeah, the Dodgers, of course, are players. Padres are always that one person that's like, oh, I'm here too, but they can't do it. So that's why they got Hater, right? <laughs> Pretty um, much. So that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I would. I'd put the odds at negative 110 for the St. Louis Cardinals to get him and then like plus 200 for anybody else. Juan Soto is going to get moved though. And it's not going to be a Rocky, but as long as he doesn't go to the NL West, I think I'm okay with it. I don't think we need another one. We don't need to see Juan Soto majority of our time here. Uh, Are the giant sellers diamondbacks traded Peralta for a prospect? I absolutely love that. I kind of wish, I hope the Rockies do something like that with like a Jose Iglesias or a Randall Gritchick. You know, Randall is here next year too. But just get something for people that are just on out. Like there's no way Jose Iglesias is in the 2024 window of competition. He's just not going to do it. Just like Peralta wasn't going to be in the cards for the Arizona Diamondbacks to do anything. So they traded him to the Rays for a prospect. And the Rays are going to turn Daniel Peralta into an even better hitter somehow, some way to make their playoff push. But it just got me thinking, what could we possibly get? Going back to that question I asked about Bard, what can we possibly get for one of these expiring contracts? Like a Jose Iglesias, any, any like those kind of things. Um, I guess my question to you is, is Jose Iglesias gone? in 24 hours and if he is gone what do you want from that trade i don't think he is gone um what i'd want is definitely like some some prospects in return but iglesias he's a 300 hitter he doesn't hit for a lot of power i don't really think that he's going to be a game changer for somebody that's trying to win a world series so i think he's staying I think he is too. And all the co- competitors for the World Series for the crowns are fine at shortstop. They don't need a shortstop. So I don't know. Uh, the Braves traded for a, a super utility guy that I've never even heard of um, for a prospect. They gave up like the number 28, 29 prospect for this super utility guy just that can play absolutely everywhere. But Jose Iglesias doesn't have that, I don't know that versatility, that Swiss army knife type feel to him. But it would be, again, going the Rockies are going to rock, but it would be absolutely insane for them to keep Jose Inglesis. Like you just get rid of him whatsoever. Like, Hey Dodgers, you want to back up? 
going to back up shortstop when Trey Turner goes down for about a month in two weeks. Uh, here's Jose. Give us number 27 on your list. They should be making those phone calls to get rid of Jose. Yeah, but everybody said it was insane to keep Story and Gray last year, and that's exactly what we did. So Those are different. We should have kept Story and Gray because they're the hometown guys. They are who we grew up with. They are the hometown team guy. Jose Iglesias has no connection to Colorado. He's not going to be part of it. Trevor Story, you signed Trevor Story and John Gray. They're part of the rebuild. They're part of the, the World Series champions. Jose Iglesias is not, is not that. If you could pick any Colorado Rockies player right now that gets traded, who is it? CJ Crone. He has the most appeal for somebody trying to get over the hump, I think, with the power and everything else he can provide. So you're putting him, he's gone before Alex Colomay? I I think so. I mean, I think he's he's the most appetizing piece on the Rockies roster. Telling you? Oh, yeah. And he's that expiring contract. It would be weird for him to be on the squad in 24 hours also. He's really good, which is crazy. He only takes forever to throw the ball. But he's been fantastic since his terrible April. So, I don't know. Maybe you sign him. Maybe you extend him because he's figured out how to pitch in Coors. Is that the move? Yeah, but again, you're not going to get the greatest pieces in return for it. So, Yeah, but he's gone in September anyway. He's not going to be here in September anyway. And we just lost James to internet issues down in, where is it? Where is he? Indiana? I don't know where he's at. Um, but so I'll just go ahead and end this solo dolo here unless he gets it figured out. The trade deadline is the trade deadline. It is no fun being at the trade deadline if you're a Rockies fan. There are too many names, too many players on this squad that could be traded, that could be turned into assets. Again, this is NAS, uh, business. You have to think of the players also in the grand scheme of things. That's why you're not really mad about Daniel Bard. But I haven't made that connection with the Jose Iglesias yet. I haven't made that connection with Alex Tolome. No fault to their own. It's just they've been here for three months. So when you can trade those guys and get people and the double A, triple A level that could help you in 2024, I think you you are fielding those calls and you're making those phone calls. And I think that's where that's the only part I'm getting frustrated about as a Rockies fan at this moment. Uh, you heard me earlier in the pod. I just just speaking to the void about the Rockies are going to Rocky. This is what they do. The only fans show up to Coors Field because of the experience. I mean, I show up to a ball field for the experience. I go to Coors Field for the Coors Field experience. I go to a baseball game in town for the baseball experience. You're not really necessarily a fan just because you go to the game. You're not necessarily not a fan because you don't go to the game. It's just a weird concept for me that I've just been internally debating with myself is, yeah, they just want to, Montfort just wants to win tickets. He just wants to get money and all that kind of stuff. But in the end, that's what it's all about. And the fan experience is great. He does fantastic stuff with that. That's not why you're a Rockies fan. And you saying, quote, unquote, Rockies fans only go to the game for the experience. That's weird because they're probably not Rockies fans. They're just there. They're not going to the stadium 
to be a fan. They're going to the stadium for the experience. So don't consider them Rockies fans. Don't consider them fans as part of the major league club. Don't put that on Monfort for saying that. I think that's a weird concept. Just because you go to a game doesn't mean you're a fan of the hometown team. I have gone to many, many games where I've just been a fan of the baseball as opposed to whatever. So oh, that's my little rant. That's my little internal debate there. Um, I just think it's weird. You're just yelling to the void about Colorado Rockies fans, not trading anything, not getting anything. And I'm personally, I'm just exhausted. It's annoying. And just because you have a Twitter doesn't mean you have to kind of announce it, I guess. And I'm probably wrong in saying that. That's what Twitter's for. I don't know. Oh, shit. James is back. What's your take on fans being uproared about nonsense as I kind of just kind of, I think you might've caught the tail end of that. I don't know. It's tough because you want your team to do well, but we never do. In 25 years, we've been to the playoffs four times. So the frustration's warranted. I don't know. We're in a Rockies bubble, though, so we kind of surround ourselves with people that talk Rockies all the time, and it's usually pretty negative, or at least it can be. I don't know. I don't have a very high opinion of the Rockies organization uh, for several reasons, so it's kind of tough, but at the same time, I it's like if you watch the news too, too much, right? It's just going to make you mad, so you just got to shut it all off. That would be my recommendation to some of the fans is like, there's not much you can do about it so just just shut it off and enjoy what you can enjoy what you can i think that's where i keep going to it's you chose to be a fan of the rockies you know what you're getting yourself into so just be a fan of what you can so i guess my last question maybe we end it on this rockies haven't traded anybody in the 30 minutes we've recorded this you haven't missed out on anything if you're listening um but as a fan is it more meaningful for you to get a championship or is it more meaningful to buy, enjoy the players when you have them? Enjoy the people that are on the squad. And that's Monfort's MO. I, I'm saying that and know well, as I say in that, that is Dick's MO. That's his propaganda. That's what he loves to do. But I think that's okay. I think it's okay to enjoy the human, enjoy the ball player that it is. And if I see a championship, I think I'm okay with that or being it's ecstatic, but if I don't, I think I'm okay with that because of everybody else I got to see on that. And that is my positive spin on this. I don't know if I necessarily want to trade everybody for a world series championship. Um, it's just weird to me because I think buying doing what we've been doing with these banter sessions and getting to know these fellas working their way up, you kind of follow them. You follow Chuck, you follow story, you follow Nato. That's why those all stung a little bit. And trading those guys to win a championship would be very, very difficult to take, I guess. I don't know if that made any sense whatsoever, but that's kind of my my one-two on that. It does make sense. I I don't I think along those lines at all though. I would I would gladly ship it all out for a championship. Even if it is with all transplants. Yeah, absolutely. Um winning cures everything. I would I would do it in a heartbeat. There's not gonna it's not gonna be all transplants, like twenty five men roster of just straight transplants. There's gonna be there's gonna be natural homegrown pieces that contribute. There's gonna be veteran guys that that have some good stories. So, you know, just because they're a transplant doesn't mean you can't like them either. 
or get to know them or have that human element. But I would gladly ship out the right pieces if it meant we were winning. Watching that Dieter Jeter documentary really kind of changed my mind towards winning and what our view needs to be towards it. So still going all in. Yes, definitely. It's yeah. I have I'm only once episode in. I still think he's overrated, but I know I'm gonna end up liking Derek Jeter at the end of this documentary, which sucks. I hate saying that out loud. Uh but I I I don't know. Like you're the Dodgers. You're the New England Patriots, and you just win, win, win. But it's all with people that are just kind of there, and then they go away. Or like I'm looking at the Dodgers roster. I don't know where I'm going with this, but Yancy Almonte, Tyler Anderson, um, Andrew Heaney, Craig Kimbrell, David Price, Freddie, Gavin Lux. I think was a Red Sox. Um, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts. You have all these guys that are not from the Dodgers organization. Granted, they're Dodgers organization guys are mixed into that, but I kind of agree with Chuck when he says it just would feel really good to win it with the squad, winning it here instead of anywhere else. And I think I'm okay with that. No, it would feel really good. I mean, I hope you don't have to do that, but playing 10 games below 500 every year it's not the recipe that that's going to say that's going to happen but they've tried everything right would you say the rockies have tried everything like every kind of way to make it better they tried those super pin they tried bringing in big contracts they've traded a, a few guys I mean, granted, not the greatest, but they've tried all these different ways and it just hasn't been successful. No, the place where the Rockies fall short is in player development and player scouting. And that's that's really the crux of it. Um, they just don't make the right decisions on a micro level to make them winners. It's not so much that, yeah, they've tried the they've tried a couple of the things that other teams have done that that were super successful that you mentioned. But look at a guy like Yancy Almonte, who is a sub two ERA and a really good middle reliever after the Rockies cut him. The Dodgers turned him into a great bullpen arm because they have the right analytics and they have the right development people in place. The Rockies do not. The Rockies have a lot of nepotism and they have a lot of guys that just a lot of people in that department that haven't proven that they can do it. And until something changes in that realm, they're going to continue to whiff on the things that they try to do, in my mind. Counter-argument. The Rockies do know how to develop that. Yancey just didn't have the arsenal to do that. Because would you Could you argue that what he's doing in L.A. would not have necessarily worked in Colorado? Is that a thing? I don't think either one of us would look at the stats deep enough to – Say yes or no, but could that I mean, be, I watched, be a possibility? I watched, I watched Almonte pitching Coors Field yesterday just fine. Yeah, so against the Rockies. What the Rockies did is they, or I'm sorry, what the Dodgers did is they eliminated his four-seam fastball, and he's a sinker pitcher now. He's a sinker slider guy. As our interview with that major league fellow that we'll talk about some other time, uh, sliders are really effective 
in Coors Field because it's not a it's not a sea level thing. It's a gravitational thing. So I think y'all, I think Yancey could have done well in Coors, but somebody in the Dodgers knew what to change before anybody in ours place did, and we just we just gave up. But it it's worked. not just him. It's Tyler Anderson's. It's other folks. Tyler Anderson's an all star. It's but crazy. It, but it worked for that guy that we talked to. They changed his arsenal and it worked. And he was fantastic in 2017 and 2018 in the playoff run. Yeah, because he threw a slider. Yancey always had a good slider. Still does. Right. So why didn't it work out for Yancey here? Because he threw a four-seam fastball that got absolutely mashed. And the Dodgers <laughs> said, you're not throwing your four-seam fastball. It doesn't matter if you're at sea level or three miles high. You're throwing a sinker now. And he said, okay. And now he's really good. Yeah, you're right. Because we've seen some regression with some of the starting pitchers. I I. I can't play devil's advocate on that. There is definitely some of that. And I saw, and and we'll end it here. I saw another tweet about the owner not really buying into analytics. I mean, it's clear that he's not, but he's very vocal about not buying into it. And it, you don't need it. Like, it's not surprising what I saw from that person when they tweeted that, but it's, yeah, I'm done spinning. I can't do it anymore, team. I can't do the spins anymore. It's very frustrating to see it. I can't. I can't do it. It's, I don't know. You just hope they develop and they do their thing. Like, what are we doing with Justin Lawrence? What are we doing with Ryan Feltner? Out of options. Yularis Montero. Yeah, you're really, I'm not saying this in a good or bad way, but you're really um, diving into the human element of professional baseball. I think that's the only thing I can do as a Rockies fan. I'm trying trying to buy right. like you said you're 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 a fan of the team do what you can just find the positives in it i think that's what i'm really trying to do yeah and i respect that i i love that about you because without you i would just be a, a dark dark hole of rocky's fandom i mean i'm already dark but i'd be a dark dark you know like super dark right like a like a coffee with no cream right right uh i don't know i tried to i really tried to get through this with the positive spin. We should have some trades going. Colmain Iglesias should not be on this team at the end of this. I'm okay if CJ Crone sticks around. I'm okay with Daniel Barr doing what he getting the extension. But then it's what are the Rockies going to do in the meantime? What are they doing with Feltner? What are they doing with Justin Lawrence? What are they doing with Montero? Is Tovar going to come back healthy? Is he coming to the major leagues? Why is he going to the isotopes? How are they developing these guys down below? Zach Bean should not be in Spokane anymore. Drew Romo should not be in Spokane anymore. We should be pushing these guys forward. And that's well, that. now that Drew's, Drew's hurt, it's okay. Just hang him up for a little bit. Yeah, He can hang out wherever he wants to, just not on a baseball diamond. Okay, last, last thing. Speaking of injuries, Chris Bryant has plantar fasciitis. I can't say the word as well as I can spell it, so you're welcome for that. But put him on the IL and call up our boy, Winton Bernard, please. Who says no? Nobody says no. If you say no... Go somewhere else. Go listen to somewhere else. I don't Rocky's need that kind of negativity. They probably say no. <laughs> Winton's on the wrong side of 30 to do it. Dude has uh, – dude deserves it. He needs to go somewhere. Shoot, trade Winton somewhere just so he can be on a major league squad. He deserves it. He he needs it. And if you hear this, go ahead and tweet at him that he deserves it. Um, anything for the good of the cause? Anything else? I don't think so. Um yeah, Bryant needs to just go on the DL. We got seven more years of his contract, so like, 
10 games below 500, there's no point in, in hurting him further. Not at all. Figure out what to do with it and let's and let's roll with it and call it Winton to fill out that void. This was original throwback Road to Blake Street banter. I tried my best to stay positive. James had some internet issues and came back strong with his negativity. So at least you have that too. Both sides of the coin here. And in the meantime, go rocks. Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.